Oh, you. Oh, darkness. Uh, oh, hey, yeah, it's good to see you, again, Dread, Dread. It's you. Uh, I'm going to start off this uh, second, uh, the second episode, uh, second episode of the Mini Vancer. What did you think of the first episode? Loved it. it. I mean, for real. I thought it went well. Well, it had two things going for it. Number one, the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Natch. Number two, uh, all kidding aside, uh, it was just so good to be part of getting the team back together. Yeah, man. I heard you need a drummer. You need a drummer. <laughs> yeah, like we got a lot of drummers in F3, don't we? Uh, yeah, we maybe. got a lot of drummers. Maybe. Anyway, uh, I thought uh, I liked it. I hope uh, the pod Paxers uh, gains something from it. And uh, I feel honored and blessed to be part of it. So thank you, my friend. Yeah, man. This is uh, episode two, and we're pretty excited to, uh, to be, again, to, to be back together. But also, in fact, just before we started, we were kind of talking about, you know, what what is a minivan centurion really all about? And, and what's our job, if you will, and and um, and all those kinds of things. And so... Um, you you were going to go someplace with that though, and I, I feel like I interrupted you. So go no, ahead. I, I was thinking about uh, the movie Off Office Space, <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, when you know you have all these basically sad clown mascot uh-huh. uh, zombie men drifting around this horrible suburban, yeah. vague, yeah. you know, it office, just nameless, terrible. faceless office complex it could be in indianapolis it could be right you know anywhere every, not to pick on every bullfrog right this is yeah, what san jose like. yeah, you know doesn't matter. Uh, triangle park here in north carolina could be anywhere yeah you know it looks the same you, every uh, almost every guy's been to a place like that or worked in a place like that mm-hmm. the guy's job is totally unfulfilling uh he hates it uh he's just going through the motions he's got like 19 bosses right he's got Spends all his time filling out forms that nobody cares about. You know, nothing <laughs> yeah. he does matters. He lives in a crappy apartment. Right. You know, and then in the midst of all that, they bring in these efficiency experts who are both named Bob. Bob. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they ask them, um, they ask questions of the of the employees, uh, you know, to kind of figure out the lay of the land. So they decide, you know, likely who to fire. Right, right. And the, and the Bobs, the Bobs. A- say, what is it you say you do here? <laughs> and well, one and one guy that answers, <laughs> one guy trying to justify yeah. his his unnecessary existence says, well, I I take the specifications right, from, from the, the cl- customer to the, to the, to the engineers. engineers. And, and, and then I take... You know what the engineers say, but you know, right? And they yeah. say, but they say, you physically take them. He goes, well, no, my secretary does. <laughs> so what? You know, why don't you just let the customers talk to the engineers? And he can't really explain it. And he gets exasperated. He says, "Cause I'm a people person." That's right. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. Yeah. You know, so what I was saying is that uh, my hope, or part of my design, or my inspiration to write the book uh-huh. and to engage in this. Uh, burgeoning social movement of two which is just me and you right now oh the, the <laughs> is but look out i mean it's spreading out. it's spreading any look minute now. is to answer the bobs you know if 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 the bobs called me or you uh into their office since ah. I've, i have uh i have laid bare the truth of or i'd laid bare the what i'm the the entirety of what i've written to you you would we would say uh, to the answer to the question. So what, what is it, it you say, say you, you do, do around here? I love and protect my family. Yeah, that's the core of it. So I, uh, as a as a man fast approaching sixty, 
as I am with well, nearly grown children, yeah. uh, I feel like I can look back and help younger men who feel the way uh, I did when confronted with a bobbish-like question right. and, uh, and provide an answer. What is it you say you do here, man? Right. Love and protect your family. That's what you're charged with. That's what your, your primary and central responsibility is in life as a man, as a minivan centurion. Along with that comes the obligation to hold the middle of the organization together, and that for us is the nation. Yeah. Uh, That's it. You know what? With that? Hey, let's roll the opening. And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> we're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the minivan centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The minivan centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. You know what I do miss, <laughs> and not the Pullman, which... Uh, How dare you? I miss the Pullman, and we all miss the Pullman. It's, but you were going to say but, something else. I was going to say, uh, I miss saying, you know, we're on Q.1.7, if you're following uh, along our idiotic numbering system. And we yeah, we're not going to we're not going to follow a, a, a chapter-by-chapter... Uh, format necessarily not, not necessarily maybe, maybe maybe loosely maybe as we get as we get further down Loose, maybe loosely yeah loosely. so you know well, uh, philosophically it has to follow some some sense of a thread right you would think mm. you would think it where could. whereas the q source uh which was the uh foundation of the original 43 foot uh podcast mm-hmm. followed the numbering system and the organization of the q source which was very systematic right you know right get you know get right live right lead right leave right you know with the within each one of those uh, they went in order of importance or timing in, in right. some way, right? Depending so, on, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I could tell you each cue point in order because it doesn't make any sense either way. You go, like, oh, it's a tremendous memory. Oh, I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, it, no. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> any other way. You know, it's like, it yeah. just, right. It doesn't yeah. make any sense any other way. So, uh, that's, this is not like that. Right. The minivan centurion is much, as I've written it, and I'm, I only have two chapters left. Uh-huh. So I'm done with the introduction and, and 18 chapters. I have one chapter and the conclusion left to, to, to go. write. Okay. But I have... Because I think the the one you just released this week was like, what, number seven? Six, seven? Seven. I yes, I think it's seven. Yeah. Three dots is seven. It's seven, yeah, okay. So uh, they um, have... And I've rearranged them over time and right. to try to make them make some kind of sense. But really it's... It's it's not as structured as yeah. I was saying, and it and it may yet evolve as you Maybe, as you yeah. as you progress. There may be a little bit more you know shuffling and that kind of thing. The the thinking behind all of it though is <clears throat> that, and I don't want to I don't want to spoiler alert any of the later chapters, right? But as as we were kind of getting ready to to hit record today, we started talking about how the the cycles of life go. Uh, and the cycles of organizations, the cycles of countries, the cycles of societies, 
uh, kind of go. And we're both again, <laughs> this burgeoning social movement of two. Of two. <laughs> well, you know, what, uh, we're, what we're talking about is how, um, and I, I didn't make this up. I read this somewhere. It's like funny when you, you know, I don't self-efface much anymore, but I do follow an aside. Here's an aside. Okay. I don't know where. I can't remember a lot of times where I got, say, a particular idea. Sure. Sometimes I can, but sometimes I can't. And this particular idea is not one I can tell you where I, I got it, uh-huh. but I know I got it from somebody else Fair. or something else. And it's the idea that uh, America is the product of a evolution from a status a society of, that was built upon a hierarchy of status uh-huh. where status ruled. Right. right, what you were born into, what you were. Blue bloods. Blue right. bloods. I in was, that case, I was right. born royal. I was born That's this right. way. Or That's born, right. Yeah. And and never across the Gulf could one um, right. traverse. Right. To one that was ruled by contract. And we even see that. I mean, not to go too far off the, the track, but like we even see that we have a very real modern example of Meghan Markle. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meghan Markle. Isn't yeah. that her? Yeah. Didn't she marry the, the prince? But right? she. And but, they kind of. But but only because she was an American, she could she have done that. Fair. Which but is the, actually, but, that, but that's no, my that point, proves, right? It proves the point. Yeah, that's all. That's all I was saying. Anyway, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Right, it proves the yeah. point. So, um, actually, it proves the point perfectly. So, uh, to encapsulate this idea, which again, I've borrowed from somewhere, and I wish I could remember where, um, when uh, at the outset of, of what we think of as England, which starts with the Norman Conquest in 1066, uh-huh. right? William the Conqueror seizes all the land from the Anglo Saxon uh, rulers who ruled it before. And uh, redivvies it out to his followers to bind him is for loyalty. So that's how he consolidated power. Yeah, and he created property law actually. So, so yeah, something mean, good came out of it. Well, when you go, <laughs> when you go to law school and you take property law, that's where they start. That's where they start. Yeah, and the, the, what he did was he put it all. It was the, called the Doomsday Book. It's real, you know. You talk about Doomsday. Oh, Doomsday, and people are like, oh, it's a horrible day. What it actually is was the name of the book that William the Conqueror had his uh, his ministers put together that. Uh, recorded the survey of the entire continent, uh, entire island okay. of England. It's called the Doomsday Book, and that, so they they seized property. Uh-huh. You know, so they said, you know, Alfred, whatever the whomever the English or the Anglo-Saxon uh, owner of the land was, they took it from him, uh-huh. and then they gave it to you know. I'm trying to come up with a Norman sounding name like Francois Basson or something. They gave it to him, yeah, and then made him. Um, a lord of sorts, like gave him a title. Okay, and he was the you know the the Duke of Northshire or something, and uh, that's how the, William the Conqueror set up the hierarchical system. Now, the hierarchical system had a noble class, and it had two components. You know, one is this, um, one, one is that the, the, these these lords, right, dukes, right, and marquees, right. and all that. Uh-huh. And then right below them was the landed gentry. They had no title, but they made a living off the rental income from the land. That that was your okay. that was your noble class. And so the kings at the very apex of this, right, right below them, is this of uh, the uh, this, these, uh, these dukes and duchesses, right, the nobility, and, and then below yeah. that are the landed gentry. And if you weren't into one of those, born into the royal family or the noble classes, you were by definition a commoner. Uh-huh. And uh, if you were a commoner, that's uh, as a commoner you would stay. Now there's some exceptions to that. But that's basically how it was. There's always an exception to something, right? Yeah, right. But, but right. yeah, but so that's, it's very generally helpful. speaking, right. that was it. That's it. Right. And the uh, the noble classes were, of course, very they they zealously and jealously guarded their rights and privileges because they were far in excess of what the commoner had. So status, 
right. is what drove everything. You had far fewer rights as a commoner. In fact, as a commoner, you, through sumptuary laws, you could be told what you could and could not wear, what materials, what colors. Oh. Because as things will be, the members of the common class who made some money uh-huh. would try to look like they're better. I'll put on a nice jacket. So purple was a kind of a color of royalty. So yeah. wear purple. Right. And ermine was a material. That, that now, was this like uh, we'll throw you in jail kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you okay. violated sumptuary laws, now they weren't always strictly enforced, uh, but you know they went in and out depending right. on who the king was. Right. You know, Henry VIII apparently was a big believer in sumptuary laws. He was kind of a uh, an early cosplayer. <laughs> 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 he was. He liked costumes. And uh, sorry, I've just no, read, no, no. I've read so many books about that period of history that it's just some of the idiosyncrasies <laughs> of the Tudor family are just emblazoned in my head. So you know, this was a society that was strictly regimented along these hierarchical lines, very status driven, uh-huh. right? And you could look at the long march of English history uh, as a slow dissipation of hierarchical power to the commoner to the point where the prime minister of England has all the power. Mm. You know, they still say, you know, the king will say, well, form a government, whoever won the, whichever party has won the election, you know, instruct them to form a government, but right. it, they've already elected the prime minister. That's, you know, it's kind so of a foregone yeah. conclusion. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, you know, obviously the king of England can no longer dissolve parliament or, you know, <laughs> say the prime minister, you know, fought your fire. No, now they just wave at parades, right? Well, they're, you know, they're largely ceremonial, yeah. right? But there yeah. was a time when that was not so at all. Sure. Anyway, so the balance of power shifted to which is why you would call England a constitutional monarchy, even though it has no constitution. There's, there are certain rights that have been given to the English people over time uh, through the Magna Carta and, and basically legal mm-hmm. decisions mm-hmm. Uh, that many of them had to do with property. So uh, fast forward all with the Declaration of Independence. If you read it, the, many of the things that the, the found, founders wrote in it, like there's a list of things you know, to the sovereign, you have failed to. But uh, yeah. despite yeah, yeah, our yeah. despite our demands, you have failed to. Like the idea of of subjects, because that's what you are in a monarchy, you are a subject, right. not a citizen. The idea of his subjects telling him how he had erred was oh, not something yeah, yeah. that don't lock that guy up. King George was all that interested yeah. in. We'll behead know? that dude. That's right. Uh, but you could also look at the document as being fairly reasonable. Well sure, sitting right. on this side. But again, you know, <laughs> sitting on this side. But uh, you know, embedded in it is is kind of the radical notion that all men are created equal, right? That that was a truth that we hold to be self evident, yeah. and because we do, because of that, every man is in, endowed with certain inalienable rights of life, for liberty, and pursuit of happiness, inalienable and from the Creator, meaning they cannot be taken away. Nothing that man gives can be taken away. Nothing that God gives can be taken away from man. Right. 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 So I mean, they can they can make every attempt they'd like to limit it, uh, or. Right or or officiated in some right. way or added law or added right. rule or whatever, but ultimately it's still mine. Sure. So yeah. whereas prior to the Declaration, uh, you were a subject of the King of England if you lived in say Massachusetts, and you were right. subject to the capricious whims of the of the King if he decided to enact the Stamp Act and Parliament, you know whatever they did, they right. could do it to you. Right. So let me ask you a question, related but not straight down the line right. here. Is this why we're freaking terrified about what's happening in Australia right now? I, so I think the roots of 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 our de- uh, of the American dedication to individual liberty were planted through our our uh-huh. unique and by America's unique separation from England and 
Australia's separation from England is very, very different. Okay. So, and that, that's kind of what I'm asking. Right. right is, that's right. Because there's a lot of people who say, well, we're next. You know, this yeah. is coming our way. I, I don't, not to the extent now where it's like, I don't know if you read this this past week. Uh, like, if you don't wear a mask, it's, you could be like three years in jail, $90,000 fine. Right. So, I don't, I didn't mention sumptuary laws without some, connection to what's happening today so one thing you know and you either you were teasing me or i was self-mocking before saying we'll go with me (laughs) okay (laughs) that uh alongside uh many events ensuring being filled with all the idiotic idiotic events from my life from which i've collision learned there's also you know me delivering all these unrequested uh history and civics lessons right oh you were self-mocking on self-mocking yeah yeah. so you know i i don't know uh i i have always had a great interest in both history and yeah. and civics. Yeah. Not politics. I don't have very little interest in politics, but I've always been very deeply interested in history and civics, how how a country should be run. That's politics is how it how you gain power to run it. You know, that's different. Right. But but how a country should be run and the arrangement of our, our federal and state and federalism and all that. Right. That's always been something I've been deeply interested in because it and it's intertwined with our history. Um so it's of great interest to me. I don't believe that what is happening in Australia could happen here for a few reasons. One is kind of by nurture. So whereas the original American colonies, Georgia was a debtor's, oh, okay. you know, with, with, you know, debtor and yet that's right. where they put a bunch of people. That yeah, was, <laughs> we got news for you. you know, it, was a pre, it was a penal colony. Right. You know, it was literally, literally let open the, the gates of all the prisons in England. So we got to get rid of these people, send them to America and give them a new start and the hell with them. Yeah. Right. That's Georgia. <laughs> Got right, it. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, but all the other colon, you know, none of the other colonies were like that. And uh, say, take Thomas Jefferson for instance. In Virginia, they were very aristocratic. And if you, if Thomas Jefferson was sitting here now, he wouldn't talk like me or you from Virginia or right. any other. Right. He would have a, a very English accent. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was that's a, where they came from. He was a well, no, he was born in America, but he was but, he he. That's where they came from originally, yeah. but he was not a man. He wouldn't. He would have. He would have what we think of today as uh, what the Brits call um, received pronunciation. He would have a high class. Gotcha. Right. What a what a yeah. Brit would call a toff. Okay. Right. T o f f. Yeah. T o f f. Okay. Okay. Uh, what they would call a toff. Uh, you know, like a, a, an aristocrat. He would have that kind of accent. Where, and, and so there's a lot of American colonists who are like that. Uh, depending where they, exactly when they their families came to America when they were mm-hmm. settled and what the, the terms of those settlements were, but um, America the great amount of American colonists the greater portion of them were not uh, prisoners or indentured servants at all right right I mean that wasn't how that was not how their and they 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 were particularly in the South a they were very similar to the landed gentry of England. So there's a there is a strong correlation between say the way Thomas Jefferson lived and George Washington lived, and the way your standard gentleman well, uh-huh. that's what a, a somebody of the landed gentry is a gentleman the way your a standard gentleman of of England lived Would and acted lived. right so um, that's not Australia at all <laughs> Australia yeah. at all Australia was straight up penal colony emptying out the prisons you know and then over time gradually they loosened that up. Australia did not fight a bloody, did not declare itself independent from the crown. Yeah. Tender list of demands, form an army, 
send diplomats like Ben Franklin to France to try to get money. I mean, they that that's not how Aust- Australia got its freedom in the same way most of the other Brit- former British colonies did by consent, because Brit- Great Britain, just having reached the apex of its power mm-hmm. and strength as an empire, then slowly went on the decline. You know, by the time World War II was over, it divested itself. Yeah, it was pretty much over, right. Yeah. And that's what the British Commonwealth is, and we're not part of it. Right. Nominally, you know, if you look up British Commonwealth, it's amazing how many countries you don't even think about are part of the British Commonwealth. Canada. Huh? You know, and so nominally Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the 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 Queen of England is still their sovereign. They still look and go. Yeah, when she waves, right. I like it. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Where right. we would just ignore that. But. Well, that would be meaningless to us. Exactly. So uh, it's a different kind of place entirely, right? Yeah. It's 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 kind of closer to us. I heard I forget who said this. Like uh, Australia is the Texas of. England. <laughs> okay. But I think that was based on the outback hats and, and crocodile. Yeah, I, was say, yeah, this, I don't, I not think because that, it's ruled that I, way. Or well, no, I think COVID that. has exposed the truth, which is it's not so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not so. It's terrifying to look at um, over there. Actually, because I'm not there, I think it's depressing. Fair. Right. I mean, sure. It's it's depressing. Maybe, they, maybe horrifying would be a better. So, right? so terrifying what, so what Australia me, what yeah. Australia lacks is a legacy of liberty, and that's what America has. So we were never, except for Georgia, we were never a penal colony. We were always pretty much left alone to do what we wanted to do. Yeah, right. And you got here because you made a decision in England. To come here, to abandon the old because world. Because you come. wanted to That's right. have the things that we have here. That, yeah. Or, that, or that, that were promised or that were... You know, America is comprised to a great degree of the second and third and fourth sons of landed gentry. You know, these mm-hmm. are... Because uh, the, the first son got the land. Okay. Well, yeah. And sure. then the second son... Second son went in the military. Third son was a priest. I mean, it's up, that's a joke. But <laughs> they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have the... So... Yeah. So... If you were a uh, lower down a pecking order in a fam in a family of landed gentry in England, he's like, oh, I'll go to the New World. You know, I got a cash. You know, my dad left me some cash. Right. You know, uh, he didn't leave me any land. My you know, older brother Nigel got the land, so, so I'll uh, go over there and get some. So I'll go over there with whatever cash I have. There's land to be had, and I'll carve out a I'll carve out a life for myself. You know, so they were adventuresome with nothing mm-hmm. to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, uh, if you use that, if that's the if that's the soil from which you raise up a man, well, raise up a nation. Look, look what we have, you know. It, so it's it, you know you look at those early flags at the, during the revolution. You're like, don't tread on me, right? Right. I mean, those those are some people that were like, you know what? We have certain inalienable rights, and we don't want you walking on them. I mean, we had freedom lovers. We had a, a, yeah. le, a, a legacy of liberty, and it and it requires that for a democracy and a republic to thrive. So you know, switching gears in countries, if you take Germany at mm-hmm. the end of World War One, Germany was a monarchy, okay. all the way up into the end of World War One. So the Kaiser uh-huh. is is the you know the 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 German Empire, uh, led by the Kaiser Wilhelm, is defeated in uh, World War One. The Kaiser has to abdicate his throne, uh, and it becomes a for the first time a a German republic, a democracy. It's called the Wehrmacht, no, not the Wehrmacht. It's called the Weimar Republic. So that was the that was the first. Democratic Republic Germans ever had. They had no legacy of liberty. They had been like... A monarchy just like everybody else. Yeah, so Kaiser uh, and Tsar both come from Caesar, 
Uh, They're just derivatives of the same yeah. world. Just an all, all powerful man, right? An all powerful ruler, right? Yeah. A totalitarian. Yeah. So it, they, they, the Germans uh, of 1919, and again, you know, a huge number of their men were dead from World War One. They had unbelievable casualty numbers. So if you look at uh, at Germany at the end of World War One, having completely been defeated. And defeat having to turn over unbelievable amounts of money and armaments and right. you know the peace of Versailles was 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 unbelievably harsh right and uh, so they're left with nothing and they had a very weak republic that didn't last it lasted about fifteen years or so that was it so immediately there was a battle in Germany between the communists on the left mm-hmm. and the fascists on the right so they became the Nazis right to uh, to control the government and the Nazis won. Right. They defeated the communists in the streets, the brown shirts and all that violence. But the middle did nothing. They just sat around. They watched it happen. They're, they're, they, were, they were committed to nothing. They're a bunch of fat teds. They had, no, they had no commitment whatsoever to anything. They didn't have a legacy or liberty. They didn't care about the Weimar Republic. You know, in America, we have splitters on the left and splitters on the right, orists, right? Sure. Uh, just, just like they did. But they have to contend with the middle. You know, I love my country. I know you do too. I know a lot of men who love their country. Yeah. I'm not going to throw in with the extreme light or the extreme left. Yeah, because neither one serves freedom. The strength of the country. The strength of the country. Yeah. They would they would both destroy the 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 nation, tear up our constitution, say, you know, now it's time to meet the new boss. Yeah. Same yeah. as the old boss, right? Except it's not because the old boss is us because we're, we self-rule, right? Mm. It's 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 government by the consent of the ruled. That's us. That's what the that's what the declaration is all about. So that's unique to America, man. Oh yeah, nobody else you know, is. He said, you know, when people say, "Well, what happened in Nazi Germany could happen to us." No, it can't. Not unless the middle disappears. Ah, uh, and, and that that is who we are. And that f- friends and neighbors is the heart of the matter. Is the heart of the matter. <laughs> so when you get back to Australia and you say, "Well, yeah. how is it that all these men?" are willing are being told to stay indoors they walk 17 feet away from their house and nine cops jump them and tear their clothes off. i mean some of these oh, yeah. are unbelievable They're horrifying why are they putting up with it they don't know any different that, that's why fair they they don't know any different you take an american anywhere in the world and, and start taking away his civil right he could be in a prison in tehran and be like i'm an american that's the first thing out of their mouth yeah <laughs> That's right. It's a you first, can't do this to me. I'm an American. Yeah. There's just they just can't believe that they're they think that their constitutional rights not only Extend. should apply here, yeah, everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, they they could be literally anywhere and think that the fact that they're an American entitles them to the a protection of their civil liberties. I'm like, no, say, and the fact that that is true. That's right. Gave us locked up abroad, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's it, a it, whole it, show about it, it right? Yeah, they, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It really is. It really is a. It really is a funny thing, um, yeah. but uh, obviously Australians, Australian men don't think that. So is it that there's no middle there, or is it that the middle has been so um, indoctrinated with the idea that, yeah, you're in the middle, but nobody, can, you can't do anything about it anyway? Yeah, I don't think there's any middle in the sense that there's no set of essentials, like core values that a constitution a constitution there might be a constitution but but in in but but core values go beyond constitution constitution is a contract sure 
And uh, the American Constitution, I know you always have a copy of it with you. The American Constitution is a very simple Truth. and relatively short document <laughs> that's, that sets out the contractual terms by, the, by which we, the governed, consent to be governed by the federal government. Right. It's, we do, our, our rights as set forth in the Constitution uh, cannot be taken from us unless we breach the contract. Yeah, we, we can give them away. We can, we can give them away either willingly or by action. Right, so sometimes you give them away. Like when I joined the military, I no longer <clears throat> had the right to say whatever I wanted to say. Fair, for, you know. Yeah. There's many things. You know, it was no longer the right to bear arms; is the obligation to bear arms. So right. It's you know, there's right. it. It changes. So that, but that was for a short period of my life. You also, but even that part was voluntary. Voluntary. Now you also uh, can breach the contract through misbehavior. So if you're convicted of a felony, right. you no longer have the right to vote. You don't right. have the right to bear arms. Things are taken from you because of your own conduct, right? Right. You could also, insidiously, um, consent to the gradual removal of your rights, the gradual infringement upon your individual liberties mm -hmm. if you don't stand for them. Yeah. Because the Constitution is a piece of paper. Right. You know, and, and it doesn't do anything unless you hold it up high and demand that your government lives by it. And if you don't, well, it won't. That that is the state of nature, man. right? Right. That's that's just what will happen that's, to that's, you. That is yeah. it is it is not a it is not a threat. It's a prediction of the future based on the past. So yeah. what's happened in the past, pretty good indicator of what's going to happen in the future because nothing changes under the sun. So the fact that if you don't stand for your rights, for your individual liberties, yours and those, not only of your friends, uh -huh. with whom you agree and want to protect, but even those knuckleheads, but even those knuckleheads with whom you disagree, <clears throat> right? Who you you can't count as a friend because they refuse to be counted as your friend. You have to stand and fight for their individual liberties as well. No matter how distasteful you find right. those people or their views or anything that, else. That's right. That's right. So, how far out of the middle they've placed themselves. Right. I, I mean, I think it's... I, I, when I see somebody burn the American flag, I just want to throw up. Yeah. It's constitutionally protected speech. Yeah. I had a client come in my office today and... She, I agreed with what she was saying. Somebody, a government entity was trying to stop her from saying what she was saying. I said, I'm happy to represent you in that. Um, but I, I, I told her, I want you to know if you had said the exact opposite, I would still be. Yeah, I'm down. It's, I'm not willing to defend you because. I do happen to agree with what you were saying. I happen to agree with what she was saying. But that's right. irrelevant because right. the case, the issue is that she was, by a government entity, was being told she couldn't. Right, that's right. Yeah. We're a nation of laws. Right. Uh, we're a nation governed by contract, not status. That's that's the key point yeah. of this. We're a nation of laws, and if you lay the laws down, then at some point they won't be there to protect you. So a very famous scene of uh, Man for All Nations is apparently pulled from the from reality. And I've read <laughs> about it in several of the books I've read about yeah. the time, but Sir Thomas More is uh, the king. He has turned against him because he will not... Um, publicly pronounce his consent yes. to uh, the king divorcing Catherine of right, Aragon right. and marrying old Anne Boleyn. So he's got everybody signing these loyalty pledges and whatever. And Thomas More says, I take no position. That was a place where no one was unacceptable. And uh, someone visits his house when his wife or his daughter and his son-in-law are there and says some things that make it clear that he's a threat to Thomas More's freedom. And uh, he walks out the door and his son-in-law says, you got to get that guy. You got to use whatever power you're left to get. You got to get that guy. So would you have him break the law to do so? Of course I would. 
He said, "You so you so yeah. you would have you would not have a law to apply to him because I I chase the devil, you know, I'd do whatever to fight the devil, and yeah. it's like, you know, and so you'd cut down every law in England to fight the devil." And his son-in-law says, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, what then for you when the devil turns back against you?" Yeah. Having laid having laid bare, I almost got this right. Having laid down and bare the whole, the, the entire laws of, of the country of England, what yeah. then when the devil turns against well, you? It's, yeah, turns back. Yeah, it's that old, uh, you know, they came for the. Yeah. Insert, you know. And I wasn't. And I didn't say anything. And I didn't say anything. Yeah. Right. So you, they came you, for, they right. came for, they came for. They, well, right. then, they, then there was nobody left. Right. So it's this this legacy of liberty that we have. That's why the founders, when they wrote this, it was so perfect. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, meaning inarguable. You don't have to have an explanation. Yeah. Right? They're self-evident. Right? Every man is created equal. We're all created equal. Doesn't matter what color skin you have. Doesn't matter. Nothing you, matters. All, nothing matters. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, in the way that it reads, in in uh, that I've read it is, you know, black, white, bond and free, male and female. That, yeah. All of it. All of it. Everyone is is. And, the and same. what and what that was was a direct affront to the status hierarchy of the, yeah. of England at yeah. the time, and really not just England, really the entire world. There wasn't a place in the world. In 1776, that wasn't governed by a status. Well, and, and no, but I was saying England was the only one that was powerful enough to enforce it. You know, whatever. it's the most powerful yeah. Yeah. nation in the world. So, to, the role, so was, to give your thumb, it was the Rome of its time. Yeah. So yeah. So to give your middle finger to England was like, I mean, that's. It's not like you were saying, well, you know. Oh, it's a sacrifice your life. It's, yeah. It's so it, it's very well, similar. It's very similar to uh, what Christ and the disciples did to to Rome to. To, to Rome first to the Sanhedrin and then to yeah. Rome to say yeah, yeah. that uh, you know they were told not to. <laughs> the Sanhedrin told James and uh, Peter to to stop going around telling everybody that the Sanhedrin had pinned Jesus to a tree and killed him because he was <laughs> he was uh, <laughs> preaching a good. News. I mean, I know we did that, right. but you can't tell anybody about That's it. That's right. Anymore. I said, yeah. well, you know, we're gonna. You, they had decided not to put him to death, just to whip him a little bit, and said, "And you have to right. stop talking about it." And Peter says, "You know, we, no not, we have to. You know, when given the choice between uh, obeying the rules of man or obeying, obeying the rule of the Lord, we choose the Lord, because that truth was self-evident in their hearts. They couldn't do otherwise. Yeah. So in that case, you know, these men, their legacy of liberty, or their the self-evident truths that all men are created equal, was written on their hearts by you know the fact that they spent three years walking around with Jesus. Yeah. You know, it's a little different." So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one in here then. Uh, I heard you mention uh, that you watched uh, the closer, Dave Chappelle's, D- Chappelle's latest yep, Chappelle's uh, Netflix special. Netflix special. I watched it beginning um, from end, beginning yeah. to end. Yeah, and I thought it was a fantastic. Um, and if you watch the whole thing, which I presume many who are are disparaging of it have not, um, it's probably one of the more complimentary pieces uh, in a way um, to the groups that that are revolting against it and it also in its thread all the way through from beginning to end really doesn't have anything to do with them entirely i mean it does but only in in how it has affected the group to which he belongs to to how it has affected black people in america and how it has you know these two things have been supplanted anyway so there's been this big dust up right and and the world is angry at dave and and you know the the documentary that that he made about george floyd and all this kind of stuff he was invited to all these film festivals everyone's now disinvited him you know and they're canceling him did you see this uh, the last couple of days? This this thing came out, and he's you know here's Dave sitting on a stage talking about it. And I uh, saw it. You did, okay? Yeah. Because I was gonna say. <laughs> so here we are, right? And he says, "I will not be summoned." Right. I will talk to you, but at a time and place of my choosing. Yeah. Which is a funny f- 
phraseology, it's very much a military thing. We used to say, you know, huh. we're, our job is to engage the enemy, but we will do so at a time and place of our choosing, mm. because we will choose we'll choose the time place uh, that is most uh, reasonably calculated to give us victory. Right. So to to engage, to say that <laughs> to engage with the enemy at a time and place of his choosing is to put yourself at a natural disadvantage, much as Lee did at Gettysburg. Ah. So, I mean, at that point in time, the Union held the high ground. And right. He was surrounded. It was a bad, bad place for them to fight. So uh, it's that's kind of, you know, a military thing to say. It's funny. Dave Chappelle says a lot of things. I'm like, oh, this guy's obviously got a, a broad depth of uh, yeah, knowledge and, and education. He just has studied a lot of different things. You can yeah. tell. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think I said this on the roundtable call cast, I guess. Pod call? Pod call? What am I calling that? Pod call. Pod call. Uh, call cast. Anyway, with C-SPAN, and I, he was at. He didn't want to talk about. Uh, yeah, he he wanted to jump right past that, didn't he? I think he want. I think the reason he wanted to is because he was afraid that it was divisive, and he doesn't want to be so. And I get that. It makes sense, right? But I didn't come here to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. I'm sorry, I was quoting the Bible. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, well, I, I just believe, remember who's supposed to wield the sword, right? Well, but, but, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I I think that as men, we have to engage in in hard discussions, right? Uh, one of the things I appreciate about Chappelle's special is I disagree with a tremendous amount of things he said. Sure. Particularly some of the things he said about Israel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not very complimentary. Well, uh, I just don't think he's right. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think he's right. Um, he said some things about um, white people that I'm like, I think that's... If, sure. If we did that in reverse, it would be called racism. Sure. Okay. Uh, although... I think I said this. I hate to repeat myself, but what are the odds people are listening to me twice? Um, That's what I while figured. I disagreed, I agreed with a lot. I disagreed with a lot, but all of it was hilarious. <laughs> and and yes. all and all of it was um, true enough to make you laugh. All of it was well thought out. Oh f- yes. And I also sure. get the feeling that he'd be the kind of guy that if you engage with him in a honorable way mm-hmm. that he's the kind of guy that would engage with you. And that's, and that's kind of where I was going is, is I perceive him to be an andist. Right. Right. Um, yes, exactly. So know, he, he probably you know, if you look at the middle as having, you know, the middle still has two ends, right. You know, he may be on the, the, the far side of the middle right. from me right. on certain things. Uh, in fact, Shapiro did a, a bit, he watched, you know, commented on, on Chappelle's deal. And he yeah. says, look, you know, I didn't, some of the things Dave said wasn't funny, you know, like kind of anti-Semitic. I didn't really like yeah. that, you know, and I probably disagree with him on just about every political point. Uh, well, I thought the thing but, that, that he said about Israel was funny. I just thought he was wrong. Well, fair, but, right. I just, but Shapiro right. was saying, I don't think it's funny. Sure. You know, like, well, he's, but he's a Jewish, Jewish you know, guy, right? So, sure. but then he said, but, but by golly, you know, I've, he's a middle. Right, and so we're going to fight to hold that. That's right, because his right to say that is is the most important thing it's, that they're that, that underlying exists. everything. I think Chappelle has said, and you know, I've watched several specials. Is that fact exactly? It's like he's, you know, he says we can't get down to the bottom of these things unless we talk about them. Well, and, that, and that's part of what I love about um, about humor and comedians in general, right? Is and that's that's been this way throughout history right. as well. Like you can say things as a joke that you can't say otherwise. That's right, right. And and get the point across probably in a more uh, in a more pointed way. Well, that's the heart of satire, you know. Yeah. So um, when Jonathan Swift wrote a uh, modest proposal, 
you know, he's the guy who wrote Gulliver's Travels, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he wrote this essay called A Modest Proposal, and it was essentially that the, the Irish should eat their own children. <laughs> and, I've never heard of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he wrote it. It's just straight-up satire. Yeah. And he just gives all these good reasons, you know, because at the time, you know, famine was a huge problem in Ireland yeah. when he wrote yeah. it. Yeah, And uh, it, it was a satire probably off-spin of, like, uh, Marie Antoinette saying, well, let them eat cake, right? Uh, Which is, okay. it's unclear that she ever actually said that. Like, no, so, but we, we, right. we hold that as that, a yeah, thing. Supposedly, yeah. you know, the, Something the, like that. the poor have no bread, we'll let them eat cake. You know, su- supposedly she said that, but p- perhaps history shows she maybe did not. But yeah, it becomes part of the yeah. lore, like George Washington is saying, I never uh, tell a yeah, lie. Right, right, right. Uh, but it becomes part of the myth. But um, Modest Proposal is, J- Jonathan Swift was <laughs> decrying the the... the epidemic of famine in ireland right he's uh-huh. irish and uh the the lack of care that the government showed about it right right and uh his way of make, getting his point across without just losing his head because i think it was the king of england probably at the time who would power over that might be wrong about that um was to write it in this way it was like well i have an idea <laughs> we're hungry what? anyway and our kids what? are going to die anyway how right. about we eat them this was him right <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> It's horrible. And hilarious. And hilarious, right? <laughs> in its own dark, you yeah. know, in its dark yeah, yeah. horror, right? Yeah. But um, so humor and satire have always been used um, to joust the powers that be. Sure. Um, and if you can get your point across and leave the powers that be somewhat unsure whether you're kidding or not, yeah. but force them, A, to engage in some self-reflection, maybe, but B, have a way to have other people see, well, he's right about yeah. that. You know, Chappelle is right in 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 the, the centrality of what he's saying. It's like, you would have to watch the whole thing. Right. He's saying what I'm saying. Yeah. That your, stat, kind of, your status, yeah. uh, and I'm trying to come up with another way to put it, your status as someone who's immediately, immutably unhappy, right? Okay. You think God made a mistake. Okay. You have three lines when you should have had three dots. Sure. Or vice versa. God made a mistake because you feel on the inside different than you look on the outside. Uh, different than the, the, right. than right. the, the, the equipment guy assigned. did. Right. Yeah. So you're uh, immutably unhappy. And anyone who doesn't um, either help you get over your unhappiness or at least claim that they understand what you're saying is an enemy. Right. Yes. And someone who's getting in between you and what you, you're basically, you're precious. What you demand for yourself and his point about that is f you <laughs> i mean yeah. I, because yeah. you believe something on the inside doesn't mean i have to believe it too right and then i can't say you're wrong sure and and i mean uh, if you listen to a couple of his bits he's like draws these distinctions between um someone who attacks you let's say you you're a guy wearing a dress mm-hmm. someone who seeks you out and attacks you then you're a guy wearing a dress who forces other people to go along with the pretense that you're a woman like he draws a distinction between that yeah like if you follow like he does that whole thing about being followed by this woman yeah 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 that's what he talks about chases him down right (laughs) Right. chases him down to yell at him right and he says to that woman don't you understand that it's art right (laughs) right you know i mean he makes that great point it's like it's you 
if you force him, and there's another thing it's from Oprah, like from years ago, where he talks about some movie he was in, they try to get him to put a dress on, and he oh, yeah, got yeah. mad he about do it. it. And it wasn't part of his act. He was no, just no. mad about it. Yeah. And Oprah's like, oh my God, you can't say this on TV or whatever. Even then, it was already. He's like, oh, really? Watch but, me. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. he's been a thorn in the side of the. Oh, I know. Well, he, I mean, he has years. given the finger to everything. Right. So, you know, and he says, I, you know, no one's going to tell me I'm wrong for being a man. Yeah. And I'm going to fight. Right. Which is, I think, something that needs to happen. I mean, it's if it is it is it is men who God has given the strength, right, and the courage and the commitment to love and protect our family. That's what He's given us. I mean, those are our three dots in my mind. Yeah. That's why you know I've been tweeting out those three dots, right? Yeah, chapter chapter seven, right? Um, and we're supposed to use that for a purpose. And if we don't think three dots means anything, then the purpose doesn't mean anything. And if you threaten my wife or hurt my child, I won't do anything. Right. I'll just stand by. And I saw this clip uh, from a New York subway this week where some guy gets on the train, it's packed, uh-huh. and gets in an argument with this woman. And uh, she says to him simply, she goes, why don't you chill out? And he punches her in the face. And nobody did anything? Nobody. There's a guy standing around. He said, nobody, men turned away. And you can hear women on the train going, oh my God, is there not a man on this train? And I said, that's exactly what I was thinking. Wow. I mean, is there not a man on this train? You know, and one guy's trying to reason with him. Like, Do you reason with a guy that just punched a woman in the face? There's no, there's no reason to be had. Not at that I, moment. I no. mean, No. Yeah. And uh, in my mind, this is where we're, we're descending, what we're descending into. Yeah. We're descending into, uh, and I think that's a precursor to what Australia's going through. If you won't stand up at some point and say, all right, you tell me I have to wear a mask. Okay. Now you tell me my five-year-old kid or my 10-year-old kid, no, nah, now we're getting something different. Right. You tell me I have to put a shot in my body, maybe I will, but you tell me I have to put a shot in my kid's body. There better be a compelling reason to do that. Right. Now, um, and not to get into that, an argument about whether it's scientifically correct or whatever, do you have the right as a man to decide for yourself what is going to happen to your own child? I think you do. And I'll go one step farther. I think you have an obligation to, to, yeah. do, to, 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 to do so. I mean, I get that it gets sticky. It's... Because, yeah. Well, because because all know, things are sticky, right? All things that matter are sticky, right? And and I get that you know, I, I've heard the arguments on 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 both sides of it now, right? Right. Of well, if you don't, then you might spread this, or you might spread that, or what you know, and all blah 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 blah. blah. Right. I've heard all the things, uh, not well, all the things that I've heard, I've heard. Right. right. Maybe there's more things that I don't know that are out there, but um, and and but to your point, where where it really comes down to is you are telling me I'm not allowed to be in the middle. I'm not allowed to perform my protective act. But that's part of being in the middle. Yeah. Well, okay, great. Right? I was thinking in the middle of like... Oh, I didn't mean like that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like well, you're the, trying it, to force me out of my okay, duty. The state, you're trying to tell me I'm not allowed uh, okay, to perform my it? duty. That the state has a direct line to the child. And right. that's manifesting itself in a couple of ways. Way, way number one is talking about this, the idea of shooting kids up with the, with right. the, with the shot. 
I don't get to decide for myself whether or not that child's going to take that shot. I mean, I don't make, I don't make that. I don't, you're telling me I can't make that decision. Yeah. That's one way. Another way is you telling me I don't, I don't have a say in what my child is taught in public school. Oof. Yeah. That, you know, and I think, well, they wonder why enrollment's down. Well, I, I think I saw this. I believe there's an election in Virginia for the governor coming up here uh-huh. next week. Yep. And, um, I think it's the Democrat who said, I can't remember the name right now. But I yeah. can't remember his name. McNichols or something. McCall, uh, anyway. Who said that parents don't, should not be involved in determining the curriculum that their children will see. I just thought that was a crazy statement, actually. Yeah. I was like, wait a second. You're telling me that I pay taxes. Yeah, I think it was for, a little more extreme even than that. For yeah. public school and that if my ch- child is being exposed to a curriculum with which I disagree with, inconsistent with my values, that I don't get to I don't have hurt. a right to say anything? Right. It's one thing if you say I'm outvoted. Sure. If it's, it's another thing if you, say, you know, if you say, okay, we've heard your concerns and here's why we're going to do it anyway. You know, but to say that I'm not even going to be heard, that I have no right to even object to right. what you're, what you're right. teaching my kid, I, I think that's, a, that's wrong. It is wrong. It's wrong. Yeah. And it's wrong um, on, a, on many different levels. But what it's doing is it's, it's eroding this, the concept that as a father, our primary duty is protect our, our wife and our children. Primary. Mm-hmm. Right, that, that that's no, yes, that, to provide. That's I mean, right. to to go like, order of man, right? right? Protect, provide, preside. If you, it's like so. We will do that for you. No thanks. Pass. What, right. What we need you to do is simply be compliant with what we tell you to do. Right. Right. You and, know. And 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 what we've seen is that that has been happening in in small ways not even i mean forget the government part of it right and it, but but even go down to you know what we talked about even right. uh, last week and, and we've talked about many times before is this this whole idea of the according to jim syndrome right the world has wanted us to do that in every imaginable way all along we've been trying to get men to abdicate any amount of responsibility that they would take right by by you know whether we're distracting them with video games or we're you know we're we're doing you know showing these things to them on tv like anything that we can do to get a man to hand off a little responsibility right. that he might have right. until they're just lulled quietly and carefully down into a place where they, they no longer have their manhood. Well, they're, they've been ridiculed mm-hmm. um, so that they feel like they're the object of, of mirth and ridicule, right. right? Their concerns are misplaced and n- invalid. And they've been pushed out of the decision-making right. room as much yeah. as possible. And when they've tried to get back in, told that their aggression is toxic. Right. And that their inclinations to protect their children yeah. is somehow wrong for the rest of us. And if you keep believing that, well... <laughs> Then don't be surprised. Then don't be surprised at what they take. Yeah. Because once you give away the most central part of who you are and what you're supposed to do, if you can't answer the Bob's questions, if you can't answer that question, what is it you say you do here? Because it's been a long time since you did it. Then what good are you? And as soon as you say that to yourself, what good am I? You're done. 
So coming full circle to the question yeah. you asked me, what's the point yeah. of it all? I'm 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 grappling with this question. This what what is it you say you do here? Yeah, I'm grappling with it. You know, and I've been rolling it out chapter by chapter, getting some feedback, getting some thought about it because I'm trying to make it right. Yeah, I'm trying to collision learn it. Yeah, because I I want to I want to provide like I said younger men with an answer. This is what we do here. Yeah, right. We we defend Freedom Park from evil. And we do it so that our loved ones can live safe, fulfilling, and happy lives. Yeah, we do it as daddies. Right. Under, as daddies. Under the shadow of our, our protective grace. And that's what we do here. And the government and the culture is antithetical to that. Because it means that we have power and it doesn't. And they're not, they're, they're not going to be in favor of it. And, we're and, not gonna... and we shouldn't expect them to do so. You know, whenever we were training young troops in the army and, you know, we'd be moving through the woods and supposed to be stealthy and then we would, you know, shoot blanks at them and you say, okay, now you're the enemy, sh you know, they'd all, the young, the, you know, the new troop would always stand there or he'd be like, shh, I'm like, you don't have to be quiet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> They're shooting at you. They see you. They're shooting at you. Yeah, yeah. You're right. going to want to get down. It, yeah. it's, it's time to shoot back. Yeah. Right. It's time to fight back. Now, now you, ah, okay, yeah. right now yeah. you, it, you know, there was a time when you were, you know, being stealthy. That's over. They're shooting at you. And that, I think, is what men have to understand is that this mission that we're on, in the book I call it the compromised adventure of the mid right. centurion, right, uh, towards the ultimate objective, right? That, that adventure that we're on, they're shooting at us. Yeah. Right? And um, there's no point in pretending it's not so. And... Um, we have to be warriors of the middle, man, united and keep it together. Not for our own benefit, at least not primarily, but for no, the benefit of those we love. Everybody around us, yeah. That's it, my friend. See you next week. You know what? Oh, oh. oh I boy. can't believe you Here see me next week. All right, go, go ahead. What? Right. Um, I'm going to change the formula. Oh, okay. I'm impressed by you. Ah. <laughs> And my face for radio. <laughs> and your face for radio. It's a pod call. Okay. It is. It is. You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside centurions. <laughs>